Orange County's very own. I am your host, Makai Louie. Hope everyone's doing well, man. I just want to start off with thanking you and appreciation uh, for you tapping into Orange County's very own, man. Um, there's so much content out there and there's so many options to choose from. And you took time out of your day to come out and uh, tap in with your boy, Max. So I just appreciate you guys. Thank you. I uh, would greatly appreciate if you could share this with a friend, if it provided you value, or if you liked it. Um, just trying to grow this thing and impact more lives, man. So um, without further ado, man, we're going to hop straight into this. I'm, I'm super excited for this solo podcast. It's been a minute since I've done a solo. So um, nonetheless, as always, man, this episode is brought to you by Mr. Lava Hot Sauce, baby. This is my family's hot sauce. It's an island-inspired gourmet hot sauce. If you haven't tried it, hit it up. We'll have the link in the description. And uh, you're missing out if you haven't tried it, so come cop this, man. It's uh, something you can literally put on anything. It's one of my favorites. It's healthy, and, uh, and they're sponsoring this episode. Let's get it, man. Um, without further ado, so the topic of this episode today is about my journey with what's called the Ragnar race. And then also, if you guys have been following me, you know I'm deeply invested into the 75 Hard program. Um, I'm now just completed phase two of it. So I just want to be able to walk you guys through my experience with that, um, the growth that I went, or the growth that I've had through that, the barriers that I was able to break through, and also just walk you through this Ragnar race, man. It was an absolute, one of the best experiences I've had um, so far. I had to it was mentally and physically and spiritually the most difficult thing I've chosen to put myself through. And I'm so, so glad that I, I honored the promises that I did, the commitments I made to myself. And I had a hell of a time doing it. So I'm excited to walk you guys through that journey. And um, without further ado, let's get it, man. So first and foremost, if you don't know what 75 Hard is, I'll do a quick overview it's essentially a mental toughness program. It has literally nothing to do with your physical stature, physical fitness, getting you fit, losing weight. It has nothing to do with that. It's strictly what's going on in between your ears and to teach you skills that are very, very difficult to find within yourself if you're not disciplined and stick to something like 75 hard. I don't believe that 75 hard is the answer to everything uh, the, or the, even the answer to discipline. But for me, it was a structured way for me to... Uh, tap into skills that I knew I had inside of me, but I uh, wasn't able to do on my own. And so uh, if you've been following me, like I said, I completed the 75 hard program uh, probably in the summer of last year. And from that time, I wanted to complete what's called the live hard program, uh, which is three separate phases of 30 days um, of doing the tasks of two 45 minute workouts. One of them has to be outdoor and there needs to be a three hour gap in between each of them. A lot of people miss that, but just note that if you plan on doing this, there needs to be a three hour gap between each of them. You also need to drink a gallon of water. You need to read 10 pages of a nonfiction professional personal development book. Um, no cheat meals or alcohol. And you got to follow a diet. And when I say follow a diet, it's got to be one that is going to help you get to the place that you want to go, accomplish your goals. And this program, more specifically, the biggest, biggest piece of everything is there is no compromise, no deviation whatsoever. So for me, if I had, um, I, you know, for my diet, I stayed away from fried foods, any type of fast food, any added sugars, any processed sugars. So if I decided to not look at a label or eat something that I wasn't supposed to, technically, I would need to start back over on day one. So just to preface that, I just wanted to lay it out for you guys because it's very important. Um, 
it absolutely 100% builds skills within you like fortitude, resiliency, discipline, commitment, and uh, a, a long list of others that are honestly difficult to even explain as I'm going through the journey. But nonetheless, um, I started this on April 1st. April has 30 days in it. And leading up to that was what's called this Ragnar Relay Race. If you haven't heard about it, I want to kind of walk you through it because there's a lot of logistics um, and it'll kind of help with just understanding the story and um, just how big of an accomplishment this was, not only for myself, but my, for my team as well. So to kind of loop you guys in, essentially what um, this was all kind of organized by was actually my company that I work for. It's called Audit Board. It's a software company and 12 of us, 12 audit boarders got together to accomplish this Ragnar race. And so... I'm pulling up my phone right now for those who are not watching this and just listening um, to give you a better idea because it's, again, just kind of, I just want to make sure you guys have a good idea. So nonetheless, there's teams of 12 runners, right? And we roughly run about 200 miles. And for us, it was from Petco Park in San Diego, California, all the way up to Huntington Beach Pier, California. Um, in, In order to get there, we're using city streets, country roads, sidewalks, bike paths, Uh, You essentially are running through a day and night and another day again. Sleeping is like literally laughable because you don't get any sleep literally this entire time. Um, You know, and if you do get a nap, you're literally five feet off of the beach. Um, You're laying in grassy fields uh, or, you know, you're trying to jam into your van, right? Um, Nonetheless, each teammate, right, all 12 runners have to run three separate legs of the race. There's a little bit of downtime in between, but not a whole lot. Um, but essentially, um, with, with each runner, again, this is like a relay race. So you have this like slap bracelet, like the ones back in the day where you just slap it on your wrist. Um, it's a really cool material. Um, but you'll essentially, you go through these exchange points per runner. Um, and it's just, it's an extremely team bonding experience without a doubt. Like you have the opportunity, depending on who you go with, I saw such a diverse group of people out there from all ages, all ethnicities, people from all over the world as well, which was really cool and all over the country. And so uh, nonetheless, uh, 12 crazy people, including myself, got together. And uh, like I said, I started 75 Hards phase two at the beginning of April leading up into this event, which was on April 29th and leaked into April 30th. So with this in mind, I knew I had to not only run this race, and do my legs, but I also needed to finish my commitment or honor the promise that I made to myself, which was to complete phase two of 75 hard. I had put in so much work guys from uh, not only before that, but just training and like something that I should preface with you is a week before I even started my official official training that I was going to utilize with phase two. Uh, I actually injured my IT band. I didn't even know it was my IT band at the time, but I was having a lot of major knee problems. And so mentally, I knew that the first few weeks of my training was going to be more recovery and getting my knee up to speed so that I could actually run these legs. And so to give you an idea of the monster that I had coming to me, um, like I had mentioned to you guys, there's three separate legs that you need to run uh, during the Ragnar race. Um, I uh, put in requests to my team for specific legs that I wanted to run and through just, I don't even know what happened, but I basically did not get anywhere close to the legs that I wanted to run, um, but I actually got the highest difficulty, uh, one, of the, one of the legs that is literally the highest difficulty of the entire race. Out of all the legs that are ran by all 12 runners throughout every single team, 
Um, I was on the first leg was called the Ragnar leg. And so, like I mentioned, it's the highest difficulty of the entire race. Um, the second leg is a five mile run. And then, and the last one is a two and a half mile run. So over time, the miles are chipping, but nonetheless, guys, if you know who I am, I have never been a runner. I more than anything, I've hated running, like hated running. Uh, most of my life I've been a really large individual, man. I've, I've been a D one football player. Uh, the highest weight that I had ever touched was about 340 pounds. And, um, you know, I never thought in my entire life that I would actually put myself up to the test to go long distance running or do a run or even get into a race or even have the thought of it, man. Like it's been something inside of me that I almost just ingrained. Like, I'm just never going to do this. I, I can't do it. I'm not, I don't have the ability. Like I don't ever see myself as a runner. And, um, you know, over time, as I've been doing 75 hard and getting creative with my workouts, I actually started implementing running into my outdoor workouts. And I found so much growth uh, within running because of the amount of breath work that you need to do, um, the stillness that you have to have in your mind to be able to push uh, through those barriers in your mind that um, you constantly want to quit or to stop running or to catch a breath or whatever the case might be. Uh, but I found a lot of growth through going through that. And I also found a lot of flow. Um, you know, if you guys know me, I talk a lot about flow state and finding that within your life and how important it is to be good in here and uh, to be able to find flow within your life. And when I'm running uh, and you, you just get into the runner's flow, you just uh, my mind, I'm just mindless out there. And so nonetheless, I fell in love with it. And so um, fast forward. You know, I'm training for this every single day. I'm doing my two workouts, staying committed to the T, no compromise, no deviation uh, with phase two of 75 hard. And, um, you know, again, another fast forward going up to the race because I want to dive into this. There's a lot of context to go through. Um, so like I said, guys, I had what's called the Ragnar leg, the highest difficulty leg of the entire race. Um, and this was in La Jolla, the La Jolla, San Diego area. So if you're not familiar with this, guys, this is literally hills on hills on hills everywhere you look, every turn, every residential area. I mean, the beach is probably the flattest part, but you are still going, uh, you know, at an incline or a decline. Um, it was, uh, like I said, the highest difficulty. So I was looking at a monster in front of me. And as you could imagine, as any human, especially if you're not a runner, you're looking at this like, you know what? Um, well, you have two, you have two things. You're either going to look at it like as, as in a fearful way, or you're going to look at it like you're going to dominate it. And if you know me, I'm an absolute competitor down to the roots, man. And, uh, this was something that I knew I was going to conquer one way or another. And, uh, my biggest thing was also not getting injured. You know, I was working out through this injury and, uh, Nonetheless, I'm going to bring you guys to race day. You know, I'm uh, finally getting there. I came off of like three and a half hours roughly of sleep going into a, a full day, night and another day where I knew I really wasn't going to get a lot of sleep. So already kind of going in a little sleep deprived. Um, but God willing, man, I got a recover a, a pretty solid recovery. I, I have a whoop band that helps me with my training and recovery and sleep. And uh, nonetheless, man, I'm getting prepared for this Ragnar leg and uh at this point, man, there's so much energy that is around this event, right? Everyone's very positive. Everyone's uh, just ready to be immersed into this event and just be in the moment and be present. And so um, as it's coming up to my position, I was position six out of 12. And again, there's two vans that your team has. There's six people in one van and six in the other. And so um, it started getting to my, I started getting to my leg and just mentally, man, I was just absolutely dialed in, focused, knew what I had to do. And, um, 
I'll take you through from the beginning of that run to the very end, man, because through this 10.2 miles that I needed to run, I knew I was looking at not only mountains that I would have to run up, um, but a lot of hills and a lot of incline that quite frankly, I did not even train for. Um, I was kind of ignorant to the fact of the area, the environment I was going to be in. But nonetheless, man, I went in, into it head first. And um, I also, to give you guys an idea, man, like I didn't come out here to, to win any type of medals. I didn't come out here to beat a personal record, to beat a pace. Majority of my pace throughout my training was about 10 to 12 minutes. Uh, and a lot of the time it was even uh, upwards of 12 to 15 minutes because I just was never running con like constantly. I wouldn't go an entire six to seven miles, for instance, just straight. I would take power walks in between and whatnot. So um, going into this, man, I thought and I even put on my Ragnar app like I'm going to put a 15 minute pace on here because I'm injured. I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to be like, you know, prolonged injuries or anything of that nature. I just want to be able to enjoy this. Um, and do it without stopping. So I knew that was in my head before I started. So nonetheless, man, as I'm, as I'm getting into this, man, I honestly just felt um, not only the Lord's presence within me, but I also just felt like I was floating. Like I was in such of in that flow state that I'm talking about. Like I was just absolutely flowing and absolutely just enjoying every step that I was going through. I had, I had compiled a playlist that was just like giving me dopamine hits, anything that I could do that was going to keep me going, uh, during this run. And so, um, fast forward a little bit, I'm within my, uh, I'm, I'm at about the two mile, three mile mark. And uh, at this point, I haven't even looked at my phone yet, and I'm tracking this via Whoop. Um, and within my third mile, I realized that I was at a nine, like a 9:02 pace, just starting off in the first three miles. Which, again, during my training, I had not, I had not been doing whatsoever, and I didn't even notice it. I was just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying that I was finally here in this moment. All this like training, and and I've, I had known about this race since probably January. So I've been, it's been on my back. Um, it's been in my head in the back of my head as been, as been, as I was been going through the year. And so nonetheless, man, I'm in the third mile and I had the opportunity. I was on this straightaway, which it was probably only two or three straightaways throughout this whole race, but I was on this straightaway and I was able to take an Instagram story, um, just to show everybody like I was just filled with gratitude, man. So much gratitude was flowing through me. And I just wanted to share, you know, on my story, that experience that I was having. And so, as I shot that story, uh, I ended up looking into my whoop app and I was, I was at this nine minute pace. So I was like, dude, like you're doing it right now and you're flowing. So like, just keep it up. So, um, not even a half mile later, uh, I make a turn and just go absolutely straight uphill, um, and, and go towards, um, you know, just to keep going, uh, within, within the leg. And so, um, you know, during, during this time, as I'm getting towards like the five, five mile mark, there was like a, at the 5.5 mile mark, there was a water station and I knew it was there. Um, and I was going to take it just a quick sip if I needed it. Um, and so to kind of fast forward it, right after the third mile, I'm getting to the fifth, getting to the fifth mile. And this by far was probably one of the more difficult times mentally for me and physically, um, within this, uh, again, like I told you guys, I, I, during my training, I was never running constantly mile, mile after mile. Like I maybe would run two miles and then stop power walk and then start running, stop power walk, et cetera, et cetera. So nonetheless, I, as I'm approaching this fifth mile, 
Um, this is where the La Jolla Coves are. So if you're familiar with this area, it's a very popular touristy spot where you can go in there, look at sea lions, birds, whatever you want, just nature in general. And uh, I was not prepared for this spot, but leading up to the fifth mile, I started getting this gnarly cramp underneath my left rib cage, like literally debilitating. And all I knew what it was was um, just my body trying to give it comfort, always trying to give it comfortability. And, you know, um, mentally, I knew I wasn't going to stop. You know, I was doing everything I could, man. I was reaching my hand above me. If you guys aren't looking like I'm giving you a demonstration, like I'm lifting my arm up. I'm doing everything, like breathing patterns that I learned if I do get a cramp. Anything I could, that I could do that I could pull out of myself to try to get this cramp to go away, I would do. And so... Um, I'm, I have this cramp as I'm approaching the fifth mile and I start getting to this cove area, man. And I get this strong downwind of just bird poop and like chum bucket smell, bro. I'm talking about like the nastiest smell that you could think of. Nastiest like fish smell you could think of is just hitting me. Like the odor was so strong and I, I can't even describe it that well um, other than it was literally making me gag. So not only do I have this crazy and I'm, this is not me like porn excuses. I just want to give you guys visuals of what I was going through. Uh, I had this gnarly cramp going on and I was approaching this fifth mile and I get this downwind, right? I'm literally and there's crowds of people around here, right? Like we're in the middle of the streets running running through the streets. So there's pedestrians, there's tourists, everyone's around there having a great time. And I'm just out there absolutely suffering, bro. And um, I'm running through people like dipping and dodging, asking people to watch out. And as I'm smelling this, guys, like if you know me, I have a terrible time with like bad smells. I just cannot handle it. And nonetheless, man, I'm going through this and like practically gagging through this entire this entire section of the run, which is about like a half mile. Right. Not only is the cramp going on, the smells are going on. This area is like a you get a slight downhill and then it goes kind of. Uh, kind of circles around and you go back uphill again. So there's a ton of incline. So I'm pressing through that as well. Um, but again, man, like just through this entire run, I was just constantly, constantly tapping into anything that I could that was going to shut my brain off to it finding comfortability. And like, um, I was able to get through that. I did not stop running through that piece, no matter how much I wanted to just to stop and just like, just try to catch air, but there was literally no getting away from the smell. Nonetheless, man, I get I get through that piece. I get through the water station. I take like, literally, I just squirt a few because I just didn't want a heavy water bottle on me. And I had one of those um, hand grips where you can like put your phone in the sleeve and you have your water bottle. And uh, nonetheless, man, I'm, I'm getting past this, this halfway mark. And, um, from here, there's actually a little bit of a decline. So I was able to finally get fresh air inside of me and then also just keep pressing on and like try to get some of the time that was lost through just going through so many uphills. And so nonetheless, man, I'm pressing on and, um, you know, I get to about the seven, seven and a quarter mile and I'm, I'm now at like under a 10 minute pace, still doing really fantastic, man. And at this point, um, I push through the cramps and I'm doing, again, everything in my mind just to, to fill my heart with gratitude. Um, you know, I had a conversation with my son before I went on this trip. And before I closed out my conversation with him, he was just telling me, like, Daddy, I just want you to run fast. Run fast, Daddy, is what he told me specifically. And I was just, guys, I was just replaying that in my head. Any time that I wanted to give up, any time that I wanted to just take a break, to put my hands on my knees, to take a deep breath, 
every single time I did everything in my power to continue pushing forward. And, um, I did exactly that, man. And, um, as I'm approaching the seven and a quarter mile, man, um, I am now looking at, and if you're familiar with this area, there's this large, large mountainous type of hill that you can drive up and also walk up. And, uh, it was gnarly guys. If like, if I can give you an idea, if you're not looking at this, imagine like a 45 or even like a 50 degree angle, um, almost like a roller coaster, you know, sitting back, um, you know, your toe, your toes are basically pointing at your knees in the way that you're going about this thing, man. And, uh, again, like as I'm approaching the every, almost every step guys, I was constantly defeating the voice in my head that was like, you got this man. Ain't nobody going to see you take a break. Nobody's going to see you take, you know, a few steps off or, um, no one's gonna, you know, no one's gonna know, you know, all these lies kept getting put in my head just to stop. And I knew, I knew that physically I could continue to go, but mentally, just like everything in our lives, man, we just, for whatever reason, there's this comfortability aspect that constantly wants to take us out of the best versions of ourselves. And so, um, as I'm going through this, like I said, man, I'm just replaying what my son said to me, you know, with the people that are close to me in my life, the things that they were saying to me, the encouragement and support and the words that were driving uh, me forward during this race. I was pulling everything in my might, man, to continue pushing forward. And um, I'm scaling this freaking mountain, guys. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the funny things about that I learned about Ragnar is like when you're out on the road, you can you can. Um, essentially stack up what are called road kills and what road kills are when you pass somebody that that's running on this course as well and i got road killed by like a 60 year old guys he was like 60 60 years old and this guy is like damn near sprinting up this mountain at the same pace did not stop whatsoever um, and that honestly inspired me to keep going as well um, but by the time I get to the top of this man like I had mentioned to you guys you know we're about about like the eight eighth mile um, absolutely winded everything in my body at this point guys is like literally shattered again my, my right knee is like completely numb I can feel pins and needles throughout my entire lower extremities um, you know practically feeling broken and um, but nonetheless just continued to push through it mentally and um, as I'm getting to the eighth mile, there's a little bit of a decline that you finally get to. And, you know, going up that mountain, I did not keep my pace whatsoever. So now I was a little, I was like about 30 seconds over 10 minutes, so about 10 and a half pace. And uh, I was like, I have some opportunity to just keep going and push forward. So, um, all those scaling this mountain, and like, I don't even think I'm doing a great job of giving you guys a visual of this, but go check it out in La Jolla, the Torrey Pines area. There's just a massive mountain that you're climbing up, and I didn't stop whatsoever. I just kept pressing forward, and I get to the top, and all I wanted to do was just, again, bro, just throw my hands on my knees and just take a deep breath and just stop for a second, but I just kept pressing forward. And uh, nonetheless, we fast forward, bro. I'm just hustling, absolutely grinding to get to the finish line that is still two miles plus from where I'm at now. And, uh, I did exactly that guys. I went all the way to the finish line. And at this point I am just delirious. I have no idea where I'm at. I'm getting confused because there's like a college up there. There's a ton of people and cars and runners, and I don't know what to expect at the finish line. And so, um, as I'm approaching, I'm like, I need, I need an absolute banger right now to take me to the finish line. And that was the last time I checked my phone and I just absolutely locked in and went dead sprint to the finish line. 
And uh, I'm talking to you guys and bringing you guys through this because like I had mentioned, this is something that I would never in my life imagine that I would do. And to be able to do it in the fashion that I did, um, I finally got to the finish line. And I again, not knowing what to expect, there was this huge Ragnar race blow up. People were going absolutely crazy from like all the teams. Um, just an infectious energy, guys, that was just, it was fueling me. And like I had my AirPods in and stuff, but you just see that as you're getting close to the finish line and the adrenaline just starts to kick up even more. So like literally I am dead sprinting with maximal effort to get to the finish line and slap that wristband on my, on my next runner. And uh, I did that, man. And, and by the time I got through, I almost threw up on everybody. No cap. I literally almost threw up on everybody at the finish line. And uh, again, was just like completely delirious. And as I'm getting through there, dude, um, I'm a very intense person, especially when it comes to competition. And I went through there and just full on was just like, wow, let's go. And uh, just flexing through there like the adrenaline was going crazy and I almost passed out because of that. Um, but I crossed that finish line and, uh, as I, as I was coming into my team and everyone's congratulating me, getting around me, hyping me up, um, they give me this Ragnar, uh, the Ragnar leg medal. And, um, I just took that. I grabbed the, the gallon of water, the cold gallon of water that I told my team to have prepared for me. And I just doused that thing down. Uh, but the most important part that I wanted to bring up through the whole journey, I, I wanted to take you guys through the leg because, um, to give you a context behind how difficult this challenge was for me and my ability to get through it. And this is not to brag and not to boast because I think I'm cool because I did this Ragnar race and I did it in a certain fashion. It is to teach, like not even to teach, but just to immerse you guys in what I took myself through. I chose to do this because I knew in my mind that I would like mentally there was going to be something deep inside of me that I was going to have to pull out things that were integrated into my being that have been concrete, like concreted into my soul of things that I knew I would never be able to accomplish or even be able to think that I would do. Um, but digging into myself, constantly finding um, the will that is inside me, guys, I was able to accomplish this thing in a fashion that I never thought I would, would ever be able to do. And as I'm crossing this finish line, this literally just overlooking the Pacific Ocean, just a beautiful shot of God's creation. And I was able to just like go off by myself so I could catch my breath. And it was very, it was a very emotional time for me because, you know, a lot of what I do, guys, I pour a lot of energy into people, into others. I feel like God's purpose for my, for my life is to uh, intentionally go through suffering, put myself through personal growth so that I could share my story and help you all push forward to the goals and to become the best version of yourself. And through this, there was a selfish piece about what I had accomplished to prove myself wrong, to prove myself that I could do something that I told myself for the rest, like for all of my life that I wouldn't be able to do. And I had that moment of gratitude, you know, gratitude pour over me, just like literally everything in my life that I've ever been grateful for poured into me in that moment. And I was just immersing myself and uh, just thanking God for this life and this body that he allowed me to endure through this pain and suffering. And guys, like I was saying, like I'm going through this run, everything about me is broken. Like my mental, my mental is starting to break, which I do so much to sharpen. Um, my body is broken and I'm just praying through every step. I'm like, 
Lord, numb my knee and protect my knee. Numb my knee and protect my knee, my knee and help me keep going. And I'm talking to myself, guys, as I'm going through this run. Probably sound like a crazy person, but I'm like, come on, man. Come on. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Brody told you to run fast, man. Run fast. He told you to run fast. Anything that I could do, man. And um, nonetheless, I had the opportunity to just have that wave of gratification and gratitude come over me and just be so thankful and and for the first time in a very long time man even through my weight loss journey even through completing 75 hard and the transformation i had mentally spiritually and physically through just that first 75 hard and not only the phase one but even the phase two that i was going through so much growth and uh that in of itself that ragnar leg guys in of itself just that moment just that that leg that i accomplished uh, was something that I was extremely, extremely proud of myself for. And I do, I typically do not give my credit. I don't, I don't give a lot of credit to myself for the things that I do in my life. Um, I try to be as humble as I can. And, uh, um, for the first time in a very long time, I was actually proud of myself. And I, I told myself I didn't have a lot of time to be able to endure that, but I wanted to appreciate myself. You know, it's not even about, um, you know, being proud of myself, but actually appreciating myself. And I want you guys to understand when you put yourself through uncomfortable positions, it doesn't need to be physical like this. It can be mental. It can be in the relationships that you have. It can be at work. It can be at church. It can be wherever you do, anything that you do, any of your interests. Um, the more you put yourself and intentionally put yourself through suffering or through uncomfortable positions, you are going to find growth on the other side of that. I promise you it. And you follow your intuition. There is this gut feeling of these things that you know you want to do, the things you know you want to do, things you know you can do, but all these lies and BS that gets poured into your, your head, you decide not to do it and you fall complete, you fall into complacency. And it stacks and it stacks and it stacks and it takes just as long. The more that you fall into complacency, the longer it's going to take for you to reverse that process. And so as I learned that skill, I've understood that the more suffering I put myself through, whether it's physical, for me, the most growth that I can find through what I'm talking about right now is through physical suffering. And so, you know... Um, I chose to do this. And like I said, guys, I was able to spend that little bit of time in appreciation. And I say a little bit of time because, bro, I still have two legs to run um, of seven plus miles at that point. And so, you know, I was able to, again, embrace myself in that moment and then go right back into that competitive mindset and be like, all right, man, you just enjoyed that. You accomplished that, but you got more to go. And on top of that, I am still finishing out phase two of 75 hard. That one counted as my outdoor workout, my first outdoor workout. And I still had a second one to do. At that point, I had already done my 10 pages of reading. I basically guzzled an entire gallon of water after running that. I was completely dehydrated. Um, but nonetheless, I had to complete this second workout. And again, guys, like when you're about to run, you have no exact time or uh, any knowledge of when that's going, like when you're about to be up to run again. And so, um, you know, I, I, I was doing as, as much as I could to try to organize my schedule to give myself the three hour break that is mandatory for this, um, for this program. And to also make sure I don't burn out, right? I'm on three and a half hours of sleep. I just ran at almost a maximal effort, uh, the most effort I've ever put into a run in my entire life, if not a workout. I was at, for 96 minutes straight, I was looking at my whoop. For 96 minutes straight, I was at 80 to 90% of my 
heart rate capacity. Um, and at the same time, I kept like a, a 158 beats per minute, which is insane for me. Typically, if I'm running like that at 90 to 80% or 80 to 90% of my heart rate, it's typically in the 170s to 180s, like just totally maxing out. But this just goes to show when you tip, when you are just silencing all the thoughts in your head, all the ni- negative thoughts in your head, all the thoughts of quitting, all the th- anything that gets poured into your head, I had the ability to shut that off and keep pressing forward. And doing that allowed me to be in this flow state where I was able to control my breath, control my heart rate, and to continue pressing forward. So nonetheless, I just wanted to give you guys an idea of what that looked like and um Anyways, fast forward, right? I need to get sleep. Now after I'm the sixth runner, so now the second van is going and um we have a break. I have about 11 runners before I have to go again. And so I did my best again um just to get some rest. I got some food in me and to to refuel and I took a quick 30-minute nap. And when I woke up, I went and hit a power walk for for my second workout, what I thought was my second workout, right? And so um, I'm doing this at a park in Escondido where it was kind of like uh, a, a buffer area that you could hang out. Everyone could take. It was a, a beautiful park, a really big park, kind of a sports complex, nature looking, um, and also had like a, a, a full on lake um, that was on there. And so I found this really neat trail on the back. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave doubt completely off of the table. I'm going to hit this second workout. So nonetheless, I hit a great power power walk. Um and I hit that. I came back and, um, again, not knowing what the time schedule was and I get back and my team's like, all right, so, uh, you know, our first runner is going to be starting here in a few hours. And then, you know, from that point, I basically knew that I had about, uh, about a four hour gap between the next time I was actually about to run my second leg, which was five miles. And so, um, at that point I said, you know what, stop thinking about you doing a, a third workout or complaining that you, you know, maybe didn't time your day out correctly. You know what you have to do, get your mind right, stay focused, stay dialed in and get ready for the five miles. And so I did exactly that guys. As soon as it got up to uh, my second leg, it's now nighttime. So I, now I'm looking at not only a nighttime, but also five more miles after doing something like the Ragnar leg. Um, but I was mentally prepared physically. I felt great after doing that, that walk. Um, and yes, a walk does count as a workout. The workouts are completely scalable. And, um, you know, especially if you're, I don't even have to go into the details. Y'all know what's up, man. Uh, that was not just a, a walk in the park literally, but I was literally power walking, making sure that heart rate is up, getting an active recovery, making sure that blood is flowing, getting full diaphragm breaths in. We were putting in work, baby. Anything we do, we are putting in work. So nonetheless, it honestly, through that, like doing that second workout, getting the blood flow after that run, uh, was honestly a blessing in disguise because I felt really good mentally. I felt really good physically going into the fifth mile. Uh, but I knew I, it was going to be more of a dangerous run because it was outside. You know, I had lights on me. I had a safety vest. I had a headlamp on. Uh, but at the same time, man, like, um, you know, I wanted to protect my knee and not not get hurt. And so, again, mentally, like all these things start pouring my pouring into my mind. Like you can t- you can take this off, man. Like you accomplished you, you already accomplished the first leg, the hardest one that you knew you had to do. Like You can take the foot off the gas. You can take a break. Relax. You don't want to get hurt. And I said, no, I, I, I completely blocked that out of my mind. 
and I went in this and I was like, I'm going to beat the pace I just did. I'm going to find a way to beat the pace that I just did. And where we were at, like literally, and all of our runners were going through uphills, downhills. Um, there was no, basically no straightaways throughout the entire course. And uh, nonetheless, man, I powered through this five miles without stopping completely and uh, was just in a complete flow state this is through this entire run. And I finally get to the finish line, man. And uh, every time, so every time you're running a leg, you want to give your team a heads up that you're a mile out because where, where you did the exchange with the previous runner, your team now needs to meet you at your finish line. And so there's only a, uh, however long it takes for that runner to run their miles is the time that that team and that van need to uh, to use to be able to get to that finish line. So nonetheless, I, t- I, I send to the team that I'm a mile out. And guys, I am literally sprinting at this point. I am in such a runner's high. I've never knew what a runner's high was. You know, I've always heard about it, whatever. But I was in such a deep flow state within this run, man. And I was just absolutely pressing on the gas getting once I hit that one mile mark. Um, I had a few road kills on there that I was proud of. Uh, but I'm approaching the, the one mile mark and... Um, uh, I'm getting to this area where I finally see the finish line, right? And I'm powering every single step going as hard as I can. And I get to the, I'm like looking around for my team and like, you usually know where your team's at at this point. And I had no idea where they're at. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know that I'm here yet. Uh, cause again, I literally put on my pace that I was at, a, I wanted, I was going to be running like an average 15 minute pace. Um, and at that time, guys, I was running at a 902 pace for five miles straight without stopping, without any compromise, without any deviation. And just, again, replaying these things in my head that were going to keep me flowing. And uh, I look back to my right, like trying to find my team. And I literally see our next runner, like barely putting on her safety vest and all of her clothes. They were not ready for me. Um, but it was just immaculate timing. I see them run. They're running at like a 45 degree angle. They meet me right at the finish line. I slap that bracelet on and I just go absolutely crazy. Like I said, I'm a competitor, man. So, uh, when I came off that, it was like, I just trucked somebody in football and I just did, you know, a loud chant and, uh, just like immerse myself, uh, again, just within gratitude for God protecting me, uh, allowing me to use this body and to go through the mental barriers that were going on during that leg as well. And just this entire experience. And so, um, now at this point, you know, we're, we've reached about Cap Pendleton area. If you're familiar with San Diego and you cannot run through that, it's a Naval base. And so, um, at this point we had to take about a 35 to 40 minute drive up North to Dana point. And like I said, I'm like literally on the highest of high that I felt in my entire life, like just complete runners high, um, and just floating basically. And I, I have to like basically stop this cause we got to drive and get to the next point so we can all sleep. Cause now it's like midnight. So fast forward, we're going to get to the end here. Um, because, um, there's more, there's more context to go, but nonetheless, man, we get to this spot in Dana point. I am like, there's so much energy going through my body, but I know I need to get rest. So I get some food in me. I hop into a sleeping bag at around two 30 in the morning and I get like an hour and 18 minutes of sleep. Exactly. Um, and you know, where we're sleeping is in Dana point, like literally five feet off of the beach. And, uh, you know, just things that I would never do in my life. But, you know, I knew I sat there, my, my legs were literally in shambles, felt like they were just dangling by threads at this point. And, uh, every movement is hurting and I'm just trying to get comfortable, but I got an hour and 18 minutes of sleep. 
and we woke up and went straight back to it. And at this point I have two and a half miles left in this run. And, uh, you know, I'd coordinated with my family and my girl to be there at the finish line, which was phenomenal, uh, to be able to experience. And now at this point, we're actually in orange, um, at this point. And I was able to, um, I had a two and a half mile, uh, leg to finish this thing out. And my, and by, at the same time, I want to shout out my teammates. If you guys are listening to this, you guys are absolute warriors. Our team put on an insane pace. Everyone was pushing themselves to the limits, never complaining, never looking for a way out, never quitting. And, uh, they just did an amazing job and I had an amazing experience with them. And so I finally crossed the finish line, man. Um, you know, they had signs out there for me and we went crazy, um, and just immersed ourselves in that. And so, you know, at that point, our first van was done. We waited for the next, uh, the next runners to finish theirs. And we crossed that finish line together in Huntington beach and just, you know, was able to just bask in this wonderful accomplishment that we did 200 miles worth of running that all 12 of us endured through again not complaining and just pushing through together and uh, we got through it man and uh, not even got through it but all these these software professionals just to remind you guys i work for a software company these are all software professionals in all departments within our company and uh, we placed 13th out of 34 in our division of runners, of people that do this for a living. They've been doing it their whole lives. And uh, we went out there and uh, proved not only ourselves wrong, but probably anybody that would look at our group and think that we would actually place that high. Um, but nonetheless, man, you know, I'm sharing, I'm sharing this with you because at the same time, um, I had finished, you know, day 29, I had closed out, I got three workouts in like a total of four hours of sleep over 24 hours. And I woke up and had this two and a half mile run, right? I, w I at this point, my body's absolutely broken. I forgot to put this piece in my body's broken at this point. And, uh, you know, I was just pushing through this, doing everything I could. And, and again, at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm for sure doing like a 15 to 20 minute mile. Not because I didn't want to push through it because, but my IT band and my knee were like, it was just on fire with every single step and felt like it was dangling. And again, I did not want to have prolonged injuries. So nonetheless, I pushed through it and uh, come to find, right? This is my last day of phase two on day 30. Um, and I finished the workout and I, I realized when I stopped my whoop that I only did a 28 minute workout, guys. So um, I, I knew in the back of my head how long of a day we had ahead of us and knowing that we had two workouts left. So nonetheless, man, you know what? I looked at that and I was like, I got two choices. I can dwell on the fact that I still have two workouts to do with a three hour gap in between them um, after like barely any sleep over 24 hour plus period. And, uh, I knew what I had to do. There was no way I was backing out or quitting through this man. And so nonetheless, I, uh, like I said, we go through the finish line and of course, you know, the whole team's like, Oh, let's grab beers. And they had this crazy, crazy event at Huntington. It was really well put on. Um, they had brewery X out there. They had all these brewing companies, all this fast food and all this delicious food that I typically would want to indulge in. But at this point, you know, if you've been through 75 hard and have done it the right way, because there is a right way and wrong way to do this mental toughness program. But when you do it the right way, you build a callus on your mind um, about certain things like that. And you can absolutely block out that mental uh, internal talk about like, Oh man, how good, you know, no one's going to know if I take a bite of this or no, no one's going to know if I take a sip of this beer, no one's going to know, no one's going to know. Um, but when you put yourself to the test and you pressure test yourself 
and you push through those what might seem little to some people, but for others, maybe, you know, really big mountains to face. Um, you know, I pushed through that, was able to immerse myself in the conversation and not worrying the fact that I'm not having a beer. And honestly, my body did not need beer at that point. It needed food, protein and water and electrolytes. But Long story short, guys, we had to drive back to the office in Cerritos, unpack the vans, get everything out. And by this time, as I'm getting into my car in shambles, so tired, all I want to do is go to bed. I knew I needed to go home and get another workout in to get the first workout in and made sure it was an outdoor one. So I did another outdoor power walk um, and I just wanted to push through it. At this point, I'm like so delirious. I'm lightheaded. I'm sleep deprived but I know I need to get this in. And so I pushed really hard. I wanted to make sure that I was not taking a, uh, a rep off with this walk. Um, you know, I did my normal trail that did have uh, pretty big hills in them, big inclines. Um, and it's not an easy walk, guys. When I say this is a walk, this is not a leisurely walk. I am pressing forward with this walk. This is a power walk. Um, and at the same time, I finished this thing I come, I come back and know I have a three-hour gap. And, and the three-hour gap starts not from when you start your workout, but it's when you end your workout. So at this point, it's like 8.15 when I close this out. And I know I have to wait until at minimum 11.15 to close this thing out. So um, I unpacked, you know, got showered, did my thing. And, um, you know, I knew I had to do another workout. And so with where my leg was at this point, guys, like I'm telling you, it was in, in, in immense pain, immense pain. I was a little bit scared about it, um, but I knew I needed to finish this out. No, no excuses, no deviation from this program. I needed to continue to stay on my diet, needed to finish my, finish my water intake, and uh, I did exactly that, guys. I finished it out with an hour-long power yoga session to really get the blood flow, open up the hips, open up the back, open up my entire body from uh, the amount of strain that I had put on it. Uh, if you're not familiar with the whoop, uh, you can literally max, you can only get to a 21 strain on there. I know if you don't know this, it's not going to make a lot of sense, but that is literally max maxing out your strain. And, and that, that day I had got to a 20.6, the highest strain I've ever done in my life. And and uh or since i've had the whoop and uh nonetheless man i i after i had finished that um i knew i needed to go to sleep to know that my day 30 was over but i had finally accomplished what i set out to do uh, near one o'clock with about four hours of sleep through almost 48 hours and uh, i i i accomplished and honored the promise that i set with myself and so this is the point of this podcast where I really want to dive in with you guys and leave you with a, with a message because not only was this uh, one of the most mentally and physically and spiritually demanding experiences as I've ever chose to put myself through, um, again, this was one of, one of those experiences that I'll cherish forever because of the barriers that I needed to push through in order to accomplish it. And, um, you know... I grew closer to God because of this, and um, you know I, I did it all while closing out phase two of 75 hard, and I'm very proud of that. And with that being said, guys, uh, again, I didn't I didn't bring this story to my podcast. I didn't bring this journey to you guys because I wanted to brag and boast about me accomplishing this. None of what I do is to brag and boast and to show that I did something that other people can't do or won't do. This is strictly to utilize my life 
and the struggle and the suffering that I put myself through and the growth and the involvement that I get from doing these things and to share it with you guys to let you know that you it is possible for you. It does not need to be something physical, but it can be something else in your life that something that matters to you. But I just never, never want you to give up on yourself. I, I, I don't I want you to stop cutting corners or trying to find the easy way out. You will literally miss out on the beauty and the struggle that life and God has to offer you. Don't wait to be led. Be the leader and execute, man. Do this in your families, your relationships with your children, your friend groups, your workplace, your church, whatever it might be in your life. You take the shoe and make it fit for you. Choose the road that's least traveled. Everyone wants to talk about, you know, choose the road that's most traveled. Choose the road that is least traveled and find the truth in every single step of the way. When you can tap into momentum and growth at will, your life will change forever. Listen to this again, please. When you can tap into momentum and growth at will. When I say at will, that means that it is inside of you. There is something inside of every single human being on this earth, regardless of your situation and regardless of your circumstances, there is something deep, deep inside of you that you can pull out and manifest but it has to be through action and you will build legitimate momentum in your life and growth in your life to become the person that you want to be. There is, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All the things that you know you're doing that are going against who you want to be and where you want to go, it is inside of you to be able to pull that out. Find the skills that are inside of you. Find the fortitude, the resiliency and you can create momentum in your life. And when you understand that, your life will truly change forever, guys. Please listen to me. Please listen to me. There was a point in time in my life that I was in such a dark place, such a deep, dark place where I literally could not think of anything else other than sulking in my depression, sulking into the bullshit and the lies that were being poured into me by Satan or by even myself. Anything you want to categorize it as. I was telling myself that I could never get out of it. But I promise you, I promise you, wherever you are at in your life, you can do this. You can do this, man. You can get yourself out of that mental barrier. You can push through it and you can get to the place that you want to be. And a lot of that is going to be through sacrifice. You are going to have to sacrifice the bullshit habits you are living in today. You are going to have to let go of relationships that are not providing value in your life. And yes, it is going to hurt. You are going to let you love those people and you want to spend time with those people. But if they're not going to be helping you push forward to the person you're going to be or in or and or hindering you to go there. This is just one element of it, but you're going to have to sacrifice those things. You're going to have to sacrifice the early mornings, the long nights, whatever it takes to get you to the place you're going to go. You're going to have to sacrifice and get there. But I want that for you guys. I want it for every single human that is on this earth. And that is why I share this journey with you guys, which is so far from over. I have so much work to do. So much of myself that I know I need to carve out and to prove to myself to be able to get to the places that I want to go, to bring the generational change in my family that I want to bring and what I'm accomplishing today and continuing to stack it. But here are my final thoughts, guys. Do the work necessary to bring out the best version of yourself in the areas of your life 
that matter the most to you. Do it every single day, especially when you don't feel like it. That, that is where you truly start to unlock the potential that is within you and within everybody in this earth, on this earth, and everyone around you, regardless, again, of your situation or your circumstances, if you can tap into that will that is inside of you, you will find a way no matter what. If you find that inside of you, you will find a way to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in this life. I promise you. I promise you. Here's the thing, guys. I got a lot of work to do, and I appreciate you guys for sticking through this. And um, sticking through this podcast was a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. But, um, guys, I just wanted to share this experience with you, um, not only because of how much it impacted my life and defeated a lot of the lies that I had told myself for a lot of my life, um, and it catapulted me with such positive momentum uh, that I wanted to share with you guys. And whether it's in physical, mental, spiritual, business, Uh, personal life, whatever you want to, again, take the shoe and make it fit for you guys. Um, I want you guys to understand um, that it is possible to accomplish the goals and accomplish the milestones that you want in your life. But the one important thing that you need to remember about this and about your personal development journey and, and anything that you do in this life to become the best version of yourself is that winning is going to be there and it will be gone by the morning. Listen to me again. Winning will be there at the highest of highs, but it will be gone in the morning. There needs to be consistency in your life. There needs to be consistency with the habits that you drill into your life. The consistency of your effort, the consistency of your discipline. If I decided that this was the epitome of Makai's personal development journey, I would lose long term. The gratification that I would lose out on long term would be stripped from me if I was to take all of that gratification now. And I bring that up because it's so important to know as you go through this long, long journey of life. And a lot of these listeners who are listening to me right now, whether you are from the ages of 18 to 50, I know that's a big gap, but 50 to me is still young. I know it might sound crazy, but that's barely half time, baby. But if you're listening to this, and even if you're over that age, wherever you are in your life, you can change. You can change who you are. You can become the leader in the aspects of your life and, and not be wait to be led by external events, by other people. Um, you can do whatever you want in this life, guys, and live a beautiful wonderful life. And this isn't to say that your life isn't beautiful, but you can enhance your human experience by tapping into these different things. And again, putting yourself through intentional, uncomfortable positions, situations, conversations, and suffering at the end of the day. Um, But nonetheless, guys, to, to those who support and encourage me every single day, you know exactly who you are. You know exactly who you are. I don't have to drop names here. But uh, I cannot thank you enough because you are legitimately the fuel to my fire. God is so good, man. I am so thankful and overflowing with gratitude right now. And uh, I cannot wait to continue uh, on this journey, on this journey with you guys and on this journey of life. And um, man, thank you again. You know, I'm going to close this thing out uh, before I keep rambling, but um Guys, thank you. I appreciate you so much for sticking with me. Thank you for following this journey of Orange County's very own. We are building a purpose-driven community. I want you, um, you know, I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to tell you that you need to live this life that I'm living. 
And uh, I just want you to, to be good inside. I want you to be happy when you wake up in the morning. And by um, doing that, that's not some super, superficial, foo-foo type of make you feel good type stuff. You are going to have to suffer to get to that point. And you're going to have to suffer and you're going to have to be okay with it. And you're going to have to be disciplined and you're going to have to be consistent and not compromise and fall into complacency to get to the place that we want to go in this life. I am far from over. My journey is far from over and I am so excited to continue going, man. So without further ado, guys, you know the vibe, man. Continue to take care of your minds, take care of your bodies, take care of your souls, and take care of the people around you. I love you guys so much. I want so much for your guys' lives. I want so much for my life. And, um, you know, I'm happy to continue sharing my journey with you, and I hope that it impacted you. Please share this with somebody that could listen to this, hear this, and may need motivation or inspiration. I'm not an inspirational speaker. Um, But I hope that something within this helps to push you forward in whatever area that you need in your life. Much appreciation to you guys. I'm excited for the episodes to come. And uh, hit that follow button, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Much love. Peace.